Okay, guys, I think everyone's going to show up that's coming. And we're a bit late, so we'd like to get started. Um, and we know it's Friday and we're all kind of tired, but we really uh, want you guys' participation so we all can learn something and recall all these truths back to our minds so we can continue to grow strong in the Lord. Um, so just first off, I'd like to ask Brother Tim to give us or lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Is that good? Oh, I forget. Oh, no. Are you good? All right, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to learn about your word and your truth. Please help us to be attentive, for these brothers to speak clearly, and that you inspire all of us by this message they have for us. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, maybe uh, some of you don't know what this forum is going to be about, so I'd just like to initially ask, what does positively single mean to you? Anyone? Someone? Eric? Positively single. What does that mean to you? (laughs) Okay, anyone else in the meantime? As a single person? Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. We're going to go into it. Okay, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go into that. Um, anyone else? Sorry? I didn't hear that. Okay. Happy with who you are? All right. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, too. Um... All right, we'll get into all these specifics, obviously, in this form. So, no, that's good. Okay, so uh, I guess to start off, Matt's going to have just a little story. You're not going to do, like, what it's about? Okay, yeah. Also, okay, well, okay, just to let you know, okay, this form is going to deal with what it means to develop a stronger relationship with God as a single teenager and how that is uh, to be our number one focus because... That's God's design uh, for everyone's life, and this is the way to ultimate fulfillment and uh, to give you a purpose in life. So we're going to discuss that and also show some practical ways at the end of how you can actually do this. I was um, probably about a year ago at a friend in New York City, and he had three little kids, and they actually went around... 4.35 o'clock, and how many people have been in New York City around 4.35 o'clock? It's, it's insane. There's about a million people on one block, and he, they were actually in the subway, and um, it's packed. If you've ever been in the subway, even about 2 o'clock in the morning, it's packed, but they were actually there, and um, the, the dad just, you know, he, he just kind of, you know, sitting here, and then he's standing beside a, uh, a guy that's sitting down that also has three little kids, and the, and the guy sitting down, who we don't know, um, his kids are just tearing around the subway. I mean, there's people, you know, they're smoking, they're, they're, they're reading books, they're, they're, they have magazines, they have newspapers in their hand, they're, they're climbing on the poles, they're, they're running all around, hitting stuff, hitting people. And um, after a while, it got a little bit annoying, and, and everybody on the subway was staring at my friend, and they're like, listen, you know, they kind of psychically chose him. They're like, hey, listen, you're the closest guy to him. You better, you better say something to the dad about his kids because they're not acting real good. So... Uh, He's like, he's, he's kind of sitting there, and, he, and he, of course you're kind of embarrassed when you have to tell someone else about your kids. And, and you're like, um, excuse me, sir, I don't know if you noticed this, but your kids are, are kind of out of control right now. They're kind of, you know, knocking things out of people's hands, and, and people may be getting a little bit annoyed, so I don't know if you want to do something. He's like, oh, you know what? Um, I'm sorry. I really, I really didn't notice. He's like, they're really not bad kids. We actually just got back from the hospital, and their mother just died. So they don't really know how to act. And, and, and one thing that we want to go through is that there's a lot of people in here that are saved. There's a lot of people in here that are probably unsaved. But the truth is, is that as you go through life, you may not know how to act. Even if you're converted, even if you've been reading the Bible for, you know, however long you've been reading the Bible. So we want to, with the, with the course of this form, you want to set up things on how to act. Okay, because even though these kids were raised in a great home, they were raised in... You know, a godly home. When, when, when something like that happens, you want to be able to establish how to act. And that's what we're going to be doing as we go through this. You know, some, some different mindsets, some different thoughts that, that you guys can hopefully apply to your lives. 
Most importantly, six months from now. Not, not right now because everybody's kind of on a high. But when you get out and when you get back home, some things that you can actually recall. All right. And uh, sort of uh, giving a base for that, um, as, God's, as God designed us, um, we were made in the image of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? This is, uh, um, this is how God shows his greatest characteristics of love by interacting with these three persons. And um, we were designed to do the same, to pursue love relationships. Um, so, as we can see in Genesis 1.26, proof of this, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So, the three there, plural. Okay. Um, so, I guess just the next question is, what does it mean to be single? It's, I mean, it's a pretty simple question. Just anyone throw out some answers? Alone? Okay. Anyone else? Serving God as best you can without helping. Okay, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Available? <laughs> yeah? Ronnie? Exciting? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, and um, just going on with sort of the le- literal and legal definition of it, right, you're obviously not married or you don't have a, a girlfriend or boyfriend. So basically not having a commitment of exclusivity between two people. Um, but what I also like to touch on, single is not just sort of this, this physical thing that you pursue, but it can be a mindset too, all right? Um, so it's a, it can also be a state of mind. Does, I mean, does this question, see if you guys can answer this question, can you be single and married at the same time, or uh, for the other matter, you know, married and single? Can anyone sort of explain that? How does that work? It's kind of a weird question. If, like, yeah. you can get married to someone and not have a love relationship with them? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like to uh, say a bit more about it. Now, um, what? How, how many people here think that you're truly single and just like pumped up for living for the Lord? Raise your hand. Okay, people here that are single, but you're excited about the state that God has you in. Is anybody here like that? Are you? If you could all be married tonight and be like, oh yeah, I would definitely rather choose that option rather than be like who I am tomorrow. Everybody got got a couple hands raised up back there. Um, uh, and a couple of people stand on their chairs. But, uh, but what, what we want to do is we want to obviously that the likelihood of that happening tonight is not going to happen. You're not going to you know, meet the person and fall head over heels with them. God tells you, hey, listen, Johnny, this is who you need to marry. And by the way, we got your plane tickets reserved already for your honeymoon. You know, so you just have to tomorrow morning, you leave camp, go straight to the airport. That's not going to happen. So you have to realize, you know, what am I doing right now in my life that's going to make me positive and single for the Lord God? And that's something that you have to realize. One thing that you have to realize, does everybody go through life and you have some type of problem, right? Whatever that may be, spiritually. Right? Raise your hand. This is group. Raise your hand. Okay, yeah. Everybody's like, well, you know what? If I could just overcome this one little obstacle, I'm going to be able to step over that and maybe be a little bit more effective for the kingdom of God. And that's something that, that's our goal here. If you can just take that one step, get over whatever that is. And that's part of that is, is enthusiasm. Part of that, first of all, what is enthusiasm? What, what does the literal definition of enthusiasm mean? means no one knows this. It means godlike action. And there's only one thing more contagious than enthusiasm, and that's the lack of it. Okay, because people are, if, if you should be up here. You know, if, if there's a lack of participation, that, that, that's contagious. But if, but, if, but, if, but if you in your life and in the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ are on fire for him, guess what? Massive things can happen in your life. So what we want to start discussing just a little bit about, um, there, there's a pretty cool saying that, said, that goes, um, if you change the way you view the world, the world you view changes. Okay. So if you actually can change your, the precepts or the concepts or the ideas on how you view something, actually the whole circumstances 
is going to also you know, revolutionize and evolve and actually change to how you're going to be in, in relation to that. So what we want to start talking about, um, what are some advantages of being single? Because everyone's like, oh, man, I'd much rather be married. But I guarantee you that if you go over to any of the people that um, – what, is there another form going on or something like that? Or choir practice. If you if you sat them down, you know, not in the middle of camp, but in the middle of uh, you know six months from now, say, listen, are you really happy in your marriage? And, and you know, most people would be like, well, uh, maybe. Or they might lie and say, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled. So you have to realize, at least we're saying a positively single form rather than a positively married form. So okay, so that's something you have to realize. So what are some advantages of being single? Yeah. I'm going to write these down. Okay, you have uh, – we're, we're going to write these down. So say that again out loud. Uh, you don't have anyone telling you what to do or trying to change you. All right, telling you what to do or trying to change you. Okay, that's one or two. You don't have the responsibility that comes next. Right? Okay, you don't have the responsibility. All right. You have more free time because of the, the difference in responsibility. Okay, you have more free time. What else? Yeah. Focus on God. Gotcha, yeah. Focus on God. Okay, in the back. Less stress and drama. All right. We'll just get most of these here. Okay, less stress and drama. Okay, absolutely, and that's something that, that's very important. One thing that you have to realize is that wherever you're at, whatever spiritual state that you're at right now, okay, if you can actually... Um, do you realize that, that the problems or the spiritual um, turmoil or the, or the stress or the drama or whatever it is, that wherever you're at right now, there, there's something called a governed leadership, uh, leadership ceiling. So, so it's always up to this point. You can only grow this much. But what actually happens, if you can actually get on that next level, okay, whatever that is, and you can only obviously attain that through Christ, that those problems that existed on level A, they don't even exist on level B. And that's kind of a hard concept for you to understand. So if you can actually get to that point of being on level A or, or from, from level A to level B, those problems that you experienced here in this realm or in, or in the box that you're in right now, they don't even exist. So the first thing that we have to really, really focus on is why, why would you, what, what are some of the advantages of even being single? Because most of you are like, man, I just wish I could find that person. I wish I could just not be who I am right now. Okay? So... Yeah, I think that's pretty good, and we covered uh, most of the advantages of being single. Thanks. Yeah. However, um, let's just look at the uh, converse of that. What are the advantages of not being single? Wes? You have someone. You have someone. Someone who, what, loves you and maybe you can confide in, have security with. That's good. That's part of it. Yeah, Ronnie, do you have? Oh, Dan. Yeah, that's that can be uh, many people's motivations. That definitely exists. Eric. Yeah. Sort of like a uh, very intimate accountability partner. Yeah, spiritual partner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, accountability, that's definitely a big advantage. Are you talking about marriage or boyfriend and girlfriend's kids? Well, just sort of generally either or. In marriage, you have the ability to experience God's love in a, in a deeper, more intimate way? Well, in a different way, not necessarily deeper. Uh, well, as we, well, as we well, read, someone... Yeah. And so that's one thing, not uh, being uh, not being single, that you can experience and, and just obtain this this, uh, this new concept that, that God has for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, through the act of sex, I mean, it enables two to share a unique relationship. Um, you know, sharing physical, emotional, and spiritual connections that can develop. Um, I'd like someone to look up Second Samuel one twenty six. 
And read it, please. Tim. Okay, so, so what does that mean? Did everybody hear that? Uh, perhaps we can. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of woman. Of woman. Okay. Yeah, so surpassing the love. It's a different sort of relationship. It's a special relationship, but it's not necessarily deeper than what you can have with another brother or sister in Christ. Okay? And, you know, the purpose of marriage, you know, God designed, is to, uh, you know, grow closer to God as you grow closer to each other. That's a very biblical thing. However, to each has its own specific purpose and how that plays out in life. So... um. I'd also like to talk about frustration, potential frustrations of relationships. You know, this is uh, something I've personally experienced to a lesser degree in my life. You know, as created by God, you're, a, you're in a state of being unfulfilled in your relationships. Uh, when you're single, you have the freedom, right, from being tied down to the significant other and uh, also free, you know, you're probably also free to have short uh, sexual non-committed relationships too, as a lot of people do. Um, but now being married or having a boyfriend or girlfriend allows you for a seemingly permanent sense of security that someone loves you. And you place a lot of hope in that person that he or she will fulfill you know, all your relationship longings that you were created with. However, without God, you're going to find it lacking because no one is perfect and everyone without God seeks after their own selfish desires. And even those with God, you know, but with God you have the power to hold that relationship together. Without them, people are going to be seeking their own selfish desires. So you'll then start um, building the desire to maybe find someone else. Maybe this is the wrong person. So thus, you desire to be single again in hopes you can find the other perfect someone. So it's sort of like a cycle, and there's no way out except through Christ. Um, so I'm not really encouraging anyone here to stay single or get married. Um, as we've seen, both have their advantages, being a Christian and as a non-Christian, and they both really are sort of worthless. Okay, rather, um, let's get into discussing how we can get closer to being with God to experience a more bountiful and rewarding life and afterlife by embracing the truth in our current state of singleness. All right, so we can, we can fully be content in our new relationship with God right now as singles, though many of you believe you might get married someday, as of now, we still can be tent, content with God. So how does that play out? Why, why should you have a relationship with God? Well, I mean, besides a few obvious, don't want to burn in hell, that always starts. But why would you think? Somebody, somebody that, it doesn't matter who looks it up, you just got to read it loud. Look up Genesis uh, 2.15. And somebody else, just kind of get ready. Look up Psalms 21, verse 6. And then also Matthew 6, 33. Somebody else. Anybody got the Genesis 1? 215, yeah. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden, the garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it. Okay. Pre-sin, post-sin. What did he just read? The Lord God took man and put him in the garden to dress him to keep it. Pre-sin or post-sin right there? Pre-sin. So God created man to do what? Serve him. Serve him, to worship him, and to specifically, there's two things. Dress the garden. Dress the garden and keep the garden. 
Okay, that's something that you have to realize is that God created you to work. Okay, in the in the in the Bible, the word work and the word worship are the same thing. I don't know how many people know that. So what's amazing is that when you have a purpose. So what? Why do we need God? Not just to be saved. That's that's like that's like rung number one. Yeah, He wants to He wants to reconnect. It's the most important rung, but that's that that's the most important level. But He created you to be saved. But then not just to be saved, but he created you to work, to, to keep the garden. This is his kingdom, man. Okay? And that's the amazing thing about that. Okay? So if you can if you can really get up in the morning and say, listen, Lord, today I'm going to be out here. I'm going to be serving you. And if you have the kingdom of heaven within you, that leads to a purpose. And a purpose, what does that do? If you have a purpose, that, that's called what? Direction. Okay? And if you can have a direction as being single... Guess what? You're not worried about everything else that encumbers you or that or that you know people put upon you. So that's something that's very important. So how many people here, how many people truly know their life's purpose in Jesus Christ? Do you know what that is? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Specific, man. God's not a general God. Ever. Well, well, God is extremely specific. So, so you have to, as being, how, how many people here have been converted one year? Raise your hand. Or, or baptized one year. Okay. So no one's two years, three years, four years. How many people? Okay, raise your hand. If, you've been, if you're saved, raise your hand. Okay, put it, okay, how, what, who, what happens? I've, I've been converted 10 years, been baptized, what, I think right around maybe 11, something like that. So, so what, what you have to realize is that God is, should now be working for specific goals in your life. Okay, and that's something that, that without a wife, without a husband, without anybody else, just you and God. Okay, and that's something that's important. So if you can actually know what that is and you actually have direction going towards that way, that's, that's when you can actually start working and starting to fulfill the relationship that God has in your life with him. And it has nothing to do with anything else. Most people don't realize that God can bring you through his son to a point of spiritual ecstasy without anybody else there, ever, not one person. Okay, and that's something that you have to realize is that how many people have been to that point of total ecstasy? Just like, you know what, I'm totally, and it has nothing to do at all with sex. I've never read that in the Bible. You know, matter of fact, David, who had probably more sex than anybody else that in here will ever have, because he had all his concubines, he had all his wives, he had some beautiful women, he was the king, he was the ruler of everything. But the Bible says in Psalms 27, verse 4, one thing have I desired the Lord, and that is to seek him. That's to dwell with him, and that's to behold his beauty. It has nothing to do with anything else, but it's all about the Lord. And once you can get there, how many people think David accomplished the mission that he was set out to do by God? Yeah, very good job. If you ever read Psalms, the majority of all of those were just written by him. You know, let alone, you know, having the strongest kingdom in Israel that ever existed because he was obedient. So that's something that's very important. How about Psalms 21.6? Somebody got that? Yeah, so, so God makes you exceedingly glad in his countenance, okay? So how do, you, how do you get before God? I mean, how, how, do, how, do you get, how do you get in his presence? The Bible says in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of what? In the presence of the Lord there is fullness of... You guys read your Bible? Joy. There's a fullness of joy in the presence of God. Well, how do you get in the presence of God? Two things. Two things will get you always in the presence of God. How do you get there? You can die. What's up? You can die. You can die. All right. Not really. <laughs> okay. The Bible says you enter into his courts with what? Thanksgiving and praise. Okay. So if you start entering into the courts with thanksgiving and praise, you're standing before God. You're sitting there literally before God. Okay. That's something that's amazing. So when you're... In the presence of God, there's joy there. And when there's joy there, there's actual instruction on what to do. Okay, and that's something that you have to realize. If you have a purpose given to you by God, that's the direction down the road that you can go on. And it has nothing to do with anybody else except for you and him. And if he decides at that point for you to do that, 
guess what? He'll, he'll add that in there. There's a spiritual process called cocooning. Okay, and what happens with that is that you will still go through the same process a thousand times if you do not learn that lesson. Okay, how many times were the children of Israel? How many days were the children of Israel supposed to be in the desert? Forty. Forty. How long did it happen? Forty years. Yeah, forty years. Okay, so so until they learn that process of listen, you've got to trust me. You're there forty days. But guess what? Because they're um, arguing, because of their bitterness, because of their complaints, God's like, hey, you obviously didn't learn the lesson. Do it again. Obviously didn't learn the lesson. Do it again. Obviously for 40 years. And guess what? How many people want to be in the same spiritual relationship you are right now with the Lord, you know, if you're 15, when you're 55? Because you didn't learn the lesson. Okay? So you want to get in his presence as much as you can to try to learn that lesson to get yourself out of that, um, to, out of that state. So that's something that's very important. Okay, so how can we uh, gain a strong relationship with God that is grow as a Christian? Um, well, first off, those of you that haven't even started this relationship, I noticed a lot of hands were down when he asked who was saved. You know, um, it's just simply asking God to come into your life, accept the payment that Jesus made for your past, present, and future sins, and just coming as you are in your sinful and wicked habits. And then with that initial relationship, of being saved, you then have the ability, as God gives you, to change from those old wicked ways and to start on a relationship with Him throughout the rest of your life. Okay? So perhaps maybe some of you have recently accepted Christ or even this week at camp. Um, so you're on fire for God now. You promise to read your Bible every day. When I get home, I'm going to convert all my friends and stop doing all the bad stuff I did. Well, let me just give you a warning. Um, well, actually, an example in my life, because um, I accepted Christ at camp about four years ago, and um, it was during an inspiration hour, and afterwards, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't so emotionally touched with the message, but then one of the brothers sort of confronted me, like, you know, this Christianity stuff, do you believe it to be true? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. So, like, you know, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for some spiritual call from God to, to uh, tell you, you know, this is the time you need to start doing this. God's truth is always out there. It's just a matter of you turning and accepting it. So that was just uh, how I initially accepted Christ. And from then on, when I got home, though, I really didn't totally understand what it meant to be a Christian, how I could actually grow in Christ. So I was pretty stagnant there for like the first maybe uh, three or so months, you know, going back to everything I used to do before. But then I'm like, but then I started, you know, talking to my family about this, and they're, they were encouraging me, and they're like, wait a minute, you know, you're not really doing anything to pursue a relationship with God. You're remaining an infant in Christ and not maturing. So, I mean, I was still saved, yet I was missing out on all the blessings I could receive on earth and also in heaven. You know, so it's basically I need to start pursuing properly a relationship with God. And what that looks like is... Uh, what we're going to do now is talk about some of these practical ways that we can grow in our relationship with God. Now, everyone knows we have to pray and read the Bible more. But, I mean, what does that look like in your lives? We'll go specifically into how you could do that effectively. You know, if it's, if it's not working out for you, you're obviously doing something wrong because this is like the formula for growing with God. And also, coupled with that, coupled with that though, um, part of God's plan is to also to interact with other Christians as well as the church, which is the body of Christ. Okay, what we're going to do, um, what, we kind of label this section like battle tactics. The one thing that you have to, can someone look up 2 Corinthians 2.14? And read this right here. Um, one thing is that when you, when you leave here, where, if, where's the battlefield being played on? The battlefield's in your mind, right? Does everybody agree with that? Okay, the battlefield that Satan always attacks is right here, is in your mind. And one thing that you have to realize is that the mind is not a terrible thing to waste, it's just a terrible thing. You know, the brain is a terrible thing to waste, but the mind regrets, the mind, you know, dwells in the past, it's unfocused. You, you, you always think about tomorrow, you always think about what you're eating, you're thinking about what you're wearing, you're thinking about all those things and you're not ever present time. So one of the most important things that you can ever do, even Jesus said in, in Matthew, he's like, listen, he's like, you know what? Just, you know, have tomorrow worry about other things, you know, but just stay with, here with me right now because what? Sufficient is the evil right now. He's like, just be focused on me. Okay, so we have to, we have to get into 
what actually happens. And one thing that, as a note of encouragement, if you ever have one verse that you could hold on to, it, it, that, you know, memorize it, know what it is. Does somebody have that? 2 Corinthians 2.14? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. He, he always allows you to triumph in Christ. Not well, sometimes, well, 95% of the time, he's going to let you triumph. All the time, you're going to be able to triumph in Christ. And that's something that's important. So what we actually wrote down here is that if this is your current relationship, saved, unsaved, doesn't really matter um, right now. So if this is your current relationship, okay, and this is your desired relationship that you want to get to, okay, obviously there has to be something that drives this up here, okay, and there has to be some type of change. So whether you're reading the Bible, I'm going to go back to that slide. Sure. Whether you're reading the Bible a little bit, whether you're just doing like the shotgun method where you just open it up or whatever it is, there's specific ways that you have to do. And if you write these things down, okay, he's always going to give you um, triumph. You know, you know, there, there's people out in the world that are that are extremely successful, and there's people laying in the gutters. Well, God's still God, and He's still Jehovah Raphia. He's still Jehovah Nisi. He's just still all the names that He is. But why is one guy in the gutter and one guy is up here? Why do? How, what, what gets? What gets people to dreams? Very good. Action, plans, and action. And if and if you and if it's based on God's word, you're going to be able to get there. And that's something that most people don't know. So this is something that's very important. Um, one thing that we have to realize with communication, okay, and we actually have prayer there, but with communication, is it better one way or two ways? Two. Two. Always two. Okay. So. What happens is that if you have specific times for prayer, which is basically your communication to God, okay, that is when you're going to really start to make huge leaps and huge bounds. You know what? Um, how many people here can recite the Lord's Prayer? I think most people can. All right. Well, that's good. When was the last time you actually prayed? Not just knowing how to say it. When was the last time you actually got on your knees and you prayed the Lord's Prayer? Is it, I mean, does anybody have like a uh, like yesterday, a couple days ago? few weeks ago that's awesome because you know what most people unfortunately don't do that i was uh, one of my spiritual mentors you know the first time i think i ever prayed with him he was he, he actually you know with his own language he prayed the lord's prayer and i'm like wow that's amazing if, if i could pray that way from that time this was a couple years ago from that time i i need to learn how to pray the lord's prayer and make it my prayer you know his disciples say lord teach us how to pray and this is jesus christ himself saying when you pray say this stuff you know, and that's something that's amazing. So, so you know, when you wake up in the morning, pray that. Know how to do that. How many people pray that the mind of Christ is put on them? How many people know what the armor of God is? Everybody knows what the armor of God is. Do you think you could go through and, like, list them all? What, 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 are, what are some things that the, that, the, that the armor of God is? He asked, specifically asked us to put this on daily. What, what do you think that, yeah? Helmet of salvation, shield of faith, and sword of spirit. Helmet of salvation. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit. What else? That's, no, that's what you put on for the, for the helmet of the butt. The belt of truth is passed as both of every ways. Okay. The feet are fitted with the gospel. Shot with the preparation of the gospel. Breastplate of righteousness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many people wake up in the morning and say, you know what, Lord, please put this stuff on. I can't put this on. It's not a physical thing like a piece of clothing that I can actually put it on. How many people pray that on? Because God has to put that on. You know, if he says, hey, listen, pray this stuff on daily, you know, I think that, you know, if it was important enough to write it down, that we're doing that. How many people have, you know, how many people have a prayer partner in this room? A specific prayer partner that they speak to? Three, maybe four? Okay, what, what, what we want to encourage you is before we even leave right this room today is to have like a specific prayer partner. You know, we were discussing this last night. You know, you know, actually, I had a I, before we even when we were studying. You know, we got a call. Listen, we're praying for you right here on this stuff, and not just in general, but five o'clock on Mondays and five o'clock on Wednesdays. I get you know a.m. I get a I get a call from somebody in Maryland. You know, one of my best friends, and he, and, he, and we have a prayer for like you know five ten minutes every Monday, every Wednesday, without fail. Okay, the same thing later on about 530, have another one, same thing. But these people are keeping me accountable. It's like, listen, if you're lazy, if you're not getting up, if you're, you know, overburdened with stress at work or school or whatever it is, guess what? These people are there for you. That lifts you up. 
Okay? And that's going to change you from the current level of relationship that you have with the Lord and the purpose that he's given you in your life to bring you up here. But you have to get those things set up. Okay? All right. And also, reading the Bible regularly as well is obviously going to help you grow in your relationship with God. Um, perhaps some of you have had some pretty good experience in the past of reading your Bible and studying and learning from it. What are some of the techniques that you use? Various translations and dictionaries. Okay. Any other tactics? Writing out what you study. Yeah. I used to find the Bible very boring. Boring. Wow. So he answered your prayers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what would help is... Yeah, just saying that prayer even before you read it just helps you get in the right mind frame. So doing Yeah, topical study. Yeah, it's a very good technique as well. All right, so just moving on. Um, just just going into a little bit with Tim's comment about multiple translations, just a, a small point I'd like to make. Um, does anyone have trouble reading the, the King James Version? Sometimes the words are a little tricky, right? You don't speak in this old style of English. So on top of trying to understand um, you know, the culture of the actual time period where you're reading to understand what things mean, you also need to start learning this old style of English. You know, this is, and this can definitely develop in time, but um, I suggest you know, having this, the King James Version you know, coupled with, with some other translations as well as a, what was mentioned, a Strong's uh, let's see, exhaustive, exhaustive Concordance of the Bible, which gives you the original Greek and Hebrew words in the King James Version that you can look up and you can really see deeper meanings behind things. And now, I mean, you have like six books when you just want to read the Bible. That can get a little complicated. So, like for me personally, I enjoy just having I have a computer package that has all these things plus other things so I can have like four screens on at the same time reading, understanding, and taking things into context. You know, so that's just something to consider. But if you can just read the KJV straight through and understand most of it, just go for it. That's fine. You know. Um, also, read on things that you like. I mean, if you like David or if you like, you know, Samson or whatever, whatever character, read that and find um, some some of the principles. I don't. How many people ever heard about what, what's his name? Um, John Maxwell. Ever heard of him? Twenty One Laws of Leadership. Okay. Well, he actually has a leadership Bible. And what's amazing is that you can actually take. The, the, lead, the principles of leadership, which is huge um, if you want to be hopefully effective for the kingdom of heaven. You know, and if you can read from Genesis all the way through Revelations, and there's actually, you know, the different laws of the leadership that you, that, you know, how this, you know, like if you're, for example, if you're in Nehemiah and you're reading about how they rebuilt the wall and the leadership principles that were applied in order to get to that point, it's amazing because you can actually go out and it'll actually give you steps on how to apply that in your life. And that's something that's amazing because that, that you can actually start responding in the word. You're not responding emotionally anymore. You're not responding um, 
you know, to, to what, you, what your mind thinks. But you're actually, how many people, when, when they ask you a question, you can literally respond with something in the Bible. You know, when Jesus Christ was tempted in the desert, you know, what did he respond with? He was the Word. He, he was the Word made flesh. But what did he respond with? Huh? Yeah, it is written. He responded with every all those things that he said were, were in the Old Testament. Okay, he he wasn't just making things up. You know, he was saying he was quoting David. He was quoting the prophets. He was quoting those people of old, and that's something that's very important. So, if you want the relationship with God that you want, I don't really know your name, but that that's an, that's an awesome uh, statement that you said. You have to wrestle with God. I mean, get say, Lord, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm not I'm not eating Job. The Bible says in Job that I that I that I um, hold His word higher than my necessary food. He's like, that. the words of his lips are, are more important to me than my necessary food. I'm going to die unless you do that. How many people know how Jacob, um, which means surplanter, was changed to Israel? His name was changed to Israel, when it was a, when, which means prince. What was he doing with God? Yeah, he was wrestling. You know, the, the morning came. They're, they're locking. They're locking whatever they're, you know, Greco-Roman hold there. And they're like, he's like, listen, okay, morning time come. I got to leave. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He's like, no, listen. He's like, it's morning. I'm leaving now. He's like, no, you, you need to bless me. Okay? And then, and then the Bible says that the, the angel of the Lord touched the hollow of his thigh. And, but he was wrestling with God. How many people get in front of the word and just focus on this so much? I'm wrestling with you, Lord. You know, you try the reins of my heart. I'm going to try you. You know, make him prove himself that he's God. He loved that. Okay? And that's something that you have to realize. Get into that word. And the more you can get into it, the more you're going to be able to spit it out. Just like, you know, that's the only thoughts that are going through your mind. Yeah, and the more you start to understand why you behave or why you do certain things, if you don't know why you're behaving or, or acting in this character method or, or this form of character, um, as soon as a temptation comes along or as soon as someone tells you differently, this is how I live, you're probably going to start um, acting in that, in that way. Because you don't understand why you believe certain things. And the Bible is just full of, full of proof of why we believe these things. So this is a way God communicates to us as well, is by learning the truths and promises that he has for us and understanding who we are in Christ. Um, and just another short point in reading the Bible. You know, uh, Matt mentioned this uh, shotgun technique. We just open the Bible, read a few verses, and call it a day. You know, you're going to start taking things out of context. You're not going to know what you're even reading. And, uh, you know, you're just not going to really understand the passage. You know, God can speak that way, but if you really want to understand why a book was written, how it was written, to what people, you need to read the entire book. You know, if it's short enough, you probably could read it straight through, like some of the New Testament books, right? You read it straight through, you uh, glean the whole perspective of it, then going back through and uh, slowly just looking at each chapter or several verses and dissecting, you know, what is this teaching me? And this is this is like some of the methods that also the topical method. You know, there are other methods as well, but these are just some of the ways that you can study the Bible effectively so it actually means something to you rather than just having a scattered idea of just a few verses here and there that you really can't put together. Yeah, and also, once we learn these principles, we got to practice them in our lives. And by knowing our promises of why we can and why we do and why we should practice them, um, strengthens us so we can able, so we're able to live out this life. Um, the uh, third one that we're going to be touching on a little bit is mentorships and interacting with other Christians. That's something that's really important because um, he did create, like obviously, it's the body of Christ. It's not just the uh, the one person in him. Um, so that's something that's really important. Um, somebody look up um, Proverbs 27, verse 17. And the thing that with a mentor, if you have a good mentor in your life, the, the reason it makes a huge difference is because you can tell them like some major, major things that you're doing or that you're thinking about doing, and, and they, don't, they don't judge you with the, with, the, with, the wrong, with the wrong attitude or the wrong sight. And that's something that if you guys can actually get the, those people in your life, say, listen, you know what? I mean, I'm struggling big time with this area. And that's something that, that is important because that way you actually have, your body goes through a, a physiological response 
before you sin. Okay, You're, it also goes through a spiritual response. So you can actually, see, you, you know, if, if it's, you know, and you might not be able to go to church, you might not be able to talk to your mom and dad, whatever time of the day it is, morning, afternoon, evening, uh, midnight, doesn't matter. Your body start, you can feel your body literally start to go this way when you know it's not supposed to. Okay, so you have to also, we're not going to cover this because it might be taking off a lot of, you know, we don't have enough time as it is. But you have to be able to have blocks there so you can be like, when I start to feel this way or when I start to respond this way, this is what this is my plan to so stop it right here. OK, and, and the more of those that you have set up, the bigger the bigger stoppages that you can have. And obviously, the more victory that you can have, because Christ, again, always will give us victory because of who he is. So does somebody have that? Twenty seven. Iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. Yeah, the axe needs to hit the stone, man. Okay, the sword needs to hit the stone. And that's something, when, when it's hitting the stone, that's when you bring the blade back. Okay, and that's, and again, what, what's the word of God? It's the sword of the spirit. You know, that's what the Bible says. You know, and, and the more you can get into the word, not only is that going to put your, the edge on, but also the countenance of your friends. Being together, being in a relationship, not just not just me hanging out, but having a having a relationship with him that I can go up to him and say, listen, you know what, Pete, I, this huge area in my life, you need to pray for me on these specific topics, these specific things that I'm struggling with. As a matter of fact, I usually get my butt kicked every time when it happens. So pl- help me. We need that. Okay. So that's something that, that is important because the Bible says it's not by might nor by strength, but by my spirit. Zechariah four six. You know, know where those verses are so you can actually go there and, and, and know how to respond when Satan, because he's not, he's not there with horns. He's there, you know, secretly and, and subtly getting into your life. So mentorship is huge. Well, I'm going to go. All right. That's cool. Um, and then just the last practical thing we can do is interacting within your church. Um, let's see. The church isn't there just for you to attend services on Sunday and Wednesday or Wednesday night, or even going to prayer meetings and such. Um, you need to be active participants in it so you can make your faith real by serving others um, in that body of Christ. You know, whether we're teaching Sunday school or praying in prayer meetings or actually giving suggestions of concerns and stuff we have to pray for during prayer meetings, um, these things need to be done in order to improve our relationships with, all, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, in the meantime, can someone look up 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 21 and read that? Thanks a lot. So we see that we all need each other in the body of Christ. Whatever member God has assigned you to be, you need to be doing your share in the body of Christ so that we all can grow closer to him together so we can see our fulfillment and purpose in life. You know, it's sort of a a community, a family, like a team effort. We need to get to know our brothers and sisters and love them and interact with them, not just show up for services. An interaction doesn't just stop with saying hi and goodbye before and after the service. You know, we need to meet with these brothers and sisters throughout the week. Maybe you guys come up with your mind, you know, those of you who are Christians, and just bring to mind, maybe choose right now or later on, you know, who do I want to be so spiritually accountable with interacting with other Christians? You know, these people are within the church. Um, so visit the poor, also the sick. Let the members know that you care for them. 
So you all can encourage each other to pursue your relationship with God. One thing I want to just, we're kind of wrapping up here. One thing I want to, um, to kind of just bring to everybody's mind again. In Joshua, the Bible talks about, you know, do you remember, everybody remember the story of Achan, how he stole, um, and then when what happened, they went out again after, I think it was Ai, and they, and they get, literally got their butts kicked. They went over there, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And Joshua and the elders of Israel, you know, they were, they were like torn up. They're like, listen, you're, you're a God of victory. And however, we just got destroyed. So they put sackcloth on. They, they, they were literally um, laying on the ground um, fasting. And God's like, wherefore liest thou on thy face? Get thee up. So, so one thing that with us is like, you know, a lot of us, you know, when you come to, to the Lord, you come to repentance, you come to to knowing him, but through him, he's saying, you know what? Get up and do the things that, that, that you know to do. He's like, there, you, you've sinned, yeah, I'm going to forgive that, but you have to do the things that you decide to do because he's also a God of choices. And that's something that you have to realize. And you can come back here to camp 365 uh, days from now and be Friday night or Friday afternoon, same thing again, and be in the same spiritual relationship that you had you know, a year ago or, or five years ago or 15 years ago. Okay, And that's something that you have to realize is that you have to get up. You have to do the things. And if you pray for his strength, that's when it's going to happen. Okay, When you pray for his righteousness, that's when it's going to happen. When you pray for his kingdom, that's when it's going to happen. Not by anything that you can do salvation-wise of yourself, but you also have to do a lot of the work like opening the Bible. He's not going to have a Bible float in front of your face and say, read it, you know, or I'm going to smack you with it. He's, you, you, have to, you have to pray for that desire. Yeah, I mean, you have to do it. You have to read it until you get something. You know what, Lord? I don't understand any of this stuff, but I'm going to read it until you bless me. And how many people think that they will be blessed? Everybody, without a shadow of a doubt, all the time. And that's something that you have to realize is that, you know, um, he's the Lord of hosts. He's, he's a God of everything, and he wants to bless you. And that is his greatest desire. The Bible says in Luke 12, it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom if he wants to give you the kingdom, he's going to give you everything. He's being positive. If it's a, a future mate later on in your life, a helpmate to, to help serve you. Um, and then most importantly, to serve God. Man, praise God. He'll provide that too. Okay, so maybe all this sounds like a lot of work, right? Um, reading the Bible, praying and studying intently and stuff. But, you know, Christianity is not just Sunday, Wednesday nights, as I said before. It's a lifestyle. And uh, even though... Some of these things may be hard, difficulties come, hardships come, maybe late nights, early mornings, we want to spend time devoted to God, humbling myself before God, admitting sin to my brothers and sisters who I uh, have hold me accountable. You know, this really doesn't compare um, to the joy that God can give us. Well, actually, we do get joy in doing these things, but also God reveals purpose and fulfillment in our lives, which is something without God you will never achieve on earth. So, just in closing, I have never regretted making that step uh, to accept Jesus into my life. And that's it. Any final questions? Before we dismiss, I just want to thank you, brothers, for doing this forum. They've asked me to coordinate all the forums this year at camp. And I really appreciate that uh, challenge that you gave to all these teams. They're also looking for ideas for forums for next year. And uh, it's not always easy knowing what, you know, are the current needs, the challenges that you're facing. Uh, maybe some of you have thought, you know what, it would be great if we had a forum on this or on that. Um, please come and either see me or go and uh, see the campus office here, the, the camp, Eastern Camp office, uh, uh, jot down ideas for Elsa. We want to hear from you guys uh, as to what you have. You've got your camp little booklets. Uh, there's a blank page at the back. You can tear that out, jot down some ideas, just pass it on to me when you see me, or uh, slip it into even one of the boxes there for the collections. Uh, we'll pass that on. Just say, teen forum ideas. Maybe slip it in the boxes. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I really see tremendous potential here with you guys. You know, I just really appreciate these brothers who have challenged you guys to, to be growing in the Lord with your quiet time and your, your prayer life, uh, your interaction with others, really take that seriously. Get a prayer partner. Go with God. That's awesome. Thank you so much, hey, brothers. You're welcome. Thank God.